Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our first guest is Abby Johnson. Abby's transformational story from Planned Parenthood leader to pro-life champion is documented in the movie and in the book, Unplanned. Abby, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. The movie about your life uh, has been so inspiring to so many of us. And, and for my wife, Chelsea, and me, our first four kids were adopted. And uh, my wife is herself an adopted child. And so this subject is so important to me. For those people who didn't see the movie or read the book, can you just remind us a little bit, how did you get your position in Planned Parenthood as a leader there and what was your goal? Yeah, you know, I I started working there as a college kid. I, I grew up in a pro-life home. I grew up in a conservative home, but you know, we didn't talk about abortion. We didn't, I didn't grow up in a, a, a home that, you know, was sitting around the dinner table talking about the ins and outs of being pro-life or being pro-choice. I think my parents, you know, they had taught me the the biblical pathway to marriage. And so I think they, they just sort of thought, well, as long as Abby follows that path and abortion will never be on the table. And so, you know, we don't need to talk about something so unpleasant with our, our little girl. And so, you know, we just didn't. And I went to went to college and met a woman with Planned Parenthood, and she was trying to recruit college students. And you know, I tell people all the time, wherever there are vulnerable women, so is Planned Parenthood. And there are tens of thousands of vulnerable women on college campuses each and every day. And so that's exactly why Planned Parenthood is there trying to recruit them. And she was telling me all of the talking points that we have all heard about how wonderful Planned Parenthood is as an organization and how they're trying to help women. And if we're not here helping women obtain safe and safe and legal abortion, which that was sort of the, that was the talking point, that was the tagline back then, then these women are going to go and have unsafe back alley at home coat hanger abortions. And so all of that sounded great to me as a, a young student. And I got involved first as a volunteer and then eventually got hired there full time and rose up through the ranks and then became a, a clinic director there and was actually running the health clinic and also the abortion clinic there um, at a facility in Texas and ended up leaving in October of 2009 after witnessing a live ultrasound guided abortion procedure where I saw a 13 week old baby fight and struggle for his life against the abortion instruments. And I knew then that there was life inside the womb that there was humanity there inside the womb. And I knew that if those two things were true, then I was on the wrong side of this debate. And so I ended up leaving. Abby, this is so fascinating to so many of us. Why, why was there not a disconnect earlier in your 
time there at Planned Parenthood. I and mean, you said you grew up in a, in a, in a Christian home, pro-life views being discussed around the kitchen table. Um, did you really think that you were doing a good thing by being there and, and, and assisting these, these abortions? Really, when I got involved, I, I really thought, you know, abortion is sort of this necessary evil. And, and that was really how it was sold to me by Planned Parenthood. You know, it's, it's only 3% of what we do. We're really trying to prevent the need for abortion. And so, you know, help us, help us prevent the need for abortion by educating women, by providing these preventative services to them. And so I thought, okay, that's, that's what I'll do. That, that sounds like almost a heroic thing to do. By, by helping to prevent abortion. And you really unintentionally become a salesperson for the abortion industry. And, and you start selling abortions just like you would be selling a car to, to someone if you worked on a car lot. And women would come in and even if, if they were happy about being pregnant. And, and they would say, oh, you know, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm pregnant. I had a positive pregnancy test. You know, I, I can do this. I can have a baby. Then our job became to wreck their, their plan. Planned Parenthood and other organizations like them, they are built on killing innocent children. So, of course, they are that sinister. And you know, there, there's two reasons. One is because child sacrifice is child sacrifice. Abortion has always been child sacrifice. Human beings have been sacrificing children since biblical times, right? We just call it something more palatable today. We call it reproductive rights or we call it, you know, women's rights or reproductive justice. But also, they're so fervent in their in their fight for abortion because it is such a money making industry. If someone had said those things to you early on in your time there, you probably even heard those things from some people, but that didn't really sway you or turn you away. It was when you witnessed with your own eyes the struggle of a baby against the abortion instruments, right? That's right. And, you know, that was not something that was typical for me. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I was not typically in the room during abortion procedures. So, you know, I was an administrator. So, you know, I was over personnel. Um, you know, I looked at our budgets. I was, you know, over the money part of, of the business. So being called into the room during an abortion was not, that was not typically something that, that I was a part of. Um, and using an ultrasound during an abortion is not traditionally something that is done inside of an abortion clinic. But we had a visiting physician that day, and so he wanted to sort of show us what this would look like, and he thought it would be a good learning opportunity for us. And, and so that's why I was called in, because he literally needed someone to hold the ultrasound in place while he committed this abortion and he needed an extra set of hands. And so my hands were the ones that were used. And, you know, I have to say it was, it was horrifying. It was shocking. I felt so stupid 
for believing this lie for eight years and, and really eagerly believing the lie. Because if I just would have done a little bit of digging, if I just would have opened my mind up to this just a little bit, I would have been able to see the lie. But when you're, when you're in this evil, when you're living in this evil, you don't want to open your mind up to it. You don't want to see the truth because if you see the truth, then you have to make a decision whether you continue living the lie or whether you, you flee from it. And I had been living it for so long. I, I think it was terrifying for me to, to actually open up and, and to say, okay, is, is what I'm believing a liar or is it really true? You know, I went to church the entire eight years that I worked at Planned Parenthood. And I have to say though, I, I never prayed because there was a part of me that I, I believe knew that what I was doing was wrong. You weren't just wrestling with ideas or worded arguments. It changed everything for you. And then you were faced with that decision. What do I do now? I'm curious, when, when you went to your, your boss and you said, hey, um, what did you tell them? Did you say, I, I, I quit? Or did you say, wait, 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 how did you explain to them? It actually took me a week to leave. So I really tried to justify what I had seen on the ultrasound monitor. And I, you know, I, I tried to think to myself, okay, maybe I, maybe I saw, maybe I was seeing something yeah, else. Maybe I'm just overreacting. You know? Maybe this, maybe this isn't a problem. Maybe I don't have to change everything that I've been doing for the last eight years. Right. Because I thought, okay, because let me, let me also say this. I have had two abortions. So I thought, okay, is that really what happened to my babies? I mean, if I'm admitting that abortion is a heinous murder of innocent children, then I'm having to admit that I've murdered my own two children. And that's, that's a, a big admission of guilt. And so I thought, I don't know if I have the courage to actually admit that. And so it would be a lot easier for me to just sort of try to justify away what I had seen on that screen. So I thought, did I really see that baby fighting for his life? You know, and so I tried to make it okay in my head for a few days, but I just couldn't. I knew what I had seen. I could not stop seeing that image in my head. And then I thought, you know what? I can change Planned Parenthood. I thought I can maybe help them see that we don't need to do abortions anymore. And now this is like a David and Goliath story. Now, now, now it's you up against the giant. And Abby, I want to hear about all of this and so much more. We need to take a break. And when we return, I want to dig a little bit deeper into your story and, and talk about how this experience has, has changed your life and how God is using your life to change others. We'll be right back.
Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We're still talking with Abby Johnson and hearing more about her story from Planned Parenthood leadership to pro-life champion. Abby, um, you talked about how once you saw that image on the ultrasound of that baby fighting for his life, her life, uh, that's something that you just couldn't unsee. And uh, you thought, well, maybe, maybe I was just misunderstanding what I saw or, or no, I, I wasn't. Maybe I can change the way that uh, the abortion clinic views this and they'll see what I saw. And, and when that didn't work, you ended up having to leave. Uh, did they try to keep you there? Did they try to change your mind? Uh, did you get into a big fight with them? Or was it like, hey, you know, you do you and we'll do us and, uh, you know, we'll just agree to disagree? You know, I turned in my resignation. I've, I faxed it in at five o'clock on October 6th. And I thought, okay, they're pro-choice, right? And I've been with them for eight years. I, they had just given me their employee of the year a few months before. And so I thought they're pro-choice. They are going to respect my choice to no longer be here, to no longer be a champion of abortion. And that's really what I believed. I, I really, really did naively believe that. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I left, I thought that was sort of it. And then three weeks later, uh, on October 31st, I was served court papers from Planned Parenthood and they were taking me to court and they were trying to get a permanent gag order against me so that I would not be able to tell my story. And I would not be able to talk about things that had happened inside of Planned Parenthood, like instituting abortion quotas, a certain number of abortions that we had to sell to women coming in, um, you know, the large donors that give to Planned Parenthood, you know, different things like that. The, the number of cases that we had settled outside of court because we had injured women on the table, um, just different things like that, that they were trying to silence me about. And uh, so we ended up going to court uh, the first part of November and they lost, obviously. <laughs> and, um, and so ever since then, I've really been telling my story. But what that did was it created media interest in my story. So when, when they sued me, then all of a sudden the media was like, well, what don't they want her to say? <laughs> we want right. to know, right? Right. And, uh, and so that really created a lot of interest in my story. And I've just been going around and, and speaking and, and telling my story and really trying to bring a, a lot of healing for those who have been hurt by abortion in, in any way as well. And, and even those who have worked in the industry like myself, um, you know, they, they need a tremendous amount of healing as well. Abby, there's people who are watching us and, and we're, they're, 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 they're listening to you and they're fascinated by your story and, and yet 
they may, like you, have had abortion as part of their, their past, part of their story. And they're wrestling with how to, how to process all of this. Maybe they're um, still where you were saying, you know, this is, this is good, this was right for me considering my circumstances. Or maybe somebody's saying, I'm really torn because I, 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 I'm experiencing things now that I was never told that I would experience. I was told this would fix a problem and it seems to have created new problems. What, what would you like to say to them right now? I, uh, you and I are in a similar boat. You have six kids. I have eight. And, um, we're, we're both familiar with animated films, I'm sure. And one day I was, um, I was watching the film Kung Fu Panda with my daughter, Grace. She was young. I had, I had not been out of the clinic that long and I was really struggling I was really struggling with my own two abortions. I was really struggling with um, the the 22,000 abortions that I had been a part of while working at the clinic. And just was like, how can God forgive me of that? And if I'm honest, I was, I was uh, drinking a lot. I was really just wallowing in in heartache and um, just grief. And uh, I just didn't know how to move past it. And I was watching this film with my daughter. And there's this part in the film where this old turtle is dying. And he says, do you know why today is called the present and he says, because it's a gift. And I'd probably watch that movie, I don't know, a hundred times. You know how kids are. They watch it over and over again. But right in that moment, it was like, it, it just struck me. It was like the Lord sort of thumped me on the head, you know? And I heard it in a, a way that I had not heard it before. And I thought, gosh, this is a gift that I had been given the Lord has given me a gift. And I thought, I'm, I'm wasting it. Not only is it a gift, but he's given me this, this testimony that I do have a desire to use. And that alone is a gift. This testimony that he's given me is a gift. And I was sort of just throwing it away. And I was, I, I felt like I was just in bondage because of my past. And, you know, that's, our past is the place, that is, that is Satan's playground. It's the place that we can't change. It's the place that we can't go back to, no matter how much we want to. It's a place that we can't change. And that's where Satan wants us to live. He wants us desperately to live in our past. But God says, I want you here right here in the present with me. And, and so I had to really embrace that. And I had to embrace this gift that he was giving me every day. And if I'm honest, it took practice. You know, it, it took practice waking up every day and saying, thank you, Lord, for the gift of today. Thank you, Lord, for, for taking my past and using it for your glory today right now. And, and eventually 
I just would wake up and after some time of practicing and giving my day to God and accepting the gift that he had given me, eventually after practicing that for a while, I would wake up and I didn't even have to think about it. I just so desired to, to live in the, in that grace. I just so desired to live in that gift. I I couldn't even think about going back and and living in my past. And that's what God wants for, for all of us. He, He wants us to break free from our past. He wants us to break free from that bondage and just live in that gift that he's given us. Abby, I'm thinking now of some of the young lady out there or the older lady out there, whoever might know that, hey, I, I, I love your testimony. I love that, that you're using the past as a platform to launch a ministry to help other people. And in fact, I, I'd love to be like that. The problem is um, I'm pregnant right now. And she's saying, I have this real crisis on my hands. And so, you know, I I could just get an abortion and be like you and have a movie made about my life. And then I'd have this great ministry and use the past as a testimony for uh, helping people in the future. What would you say to her right now? She's saying, but you didn't have to go through what I went through because you you didn't choose life. You you, you chose the abortion. That That was easier than what you're asking me to do right now. What would you say to her? Yeah. This is not a story that you want. My story is not a story that you want. And I, I tell young people that all the time. I stand up on a stage in front of them and I tell them, man, this conversion story that I have, um, you don't want to stand up on a stage and expose your greatest sins to the public. Um, I do it because God has compelled me to do it, but it has not been easy um, living living with the burden of knowing what I have done to my own children. Um, it is not an easy road to to take. It's not uh, an easy burden to carry. And you know it, it's it's a, a much better life to say, that I have always followed God's path for my life than to say I walked away from God and I refused God and then I had to come back to him. Because the years that you refuse God will be the most difficult years of your life. And they will be years that you make tremendous mistakes in your life that, and mistakes that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. And anyone watching who, who is possibly pregnant and in a crisis, I would say to you that I do have a ministry that can help you. I would love to help you. Um, you aren't alone in this journey and, uh, it's a national ministry. We can plug you into local places. Uh, you can go to loveline.com we're, we're here to help you 24 hours a day, no matter what the need is. If you need rent assistance, if your car's about to get repossessed, if you need diapers, if whatever it is, if you're a single mom and you're struggling, if you're pregnant, if you're a single dad, if you're a victim of domestic violence, whatever it is, if you are a person in crisis right now, um, I want to help you. 
And you can go to loveline.com right now. You can text us, you can call us, you can email us. And we, we want to be able to accompany you on this journey that you're on. Abby, that's, that's awesome. Um, is, is this counsel and this help and that, that you're offering through this ministry, is it confidential? Can anyone call? It's, it's 100% confidential, uh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we are able to provide a case, full case management. So it's whatever someone needs. We want to walk with you for life, if you'll allow us. So it's not just, you know, oh, we're going to help you have your baby and then, you know, we're sort of done with you. Uh, we want to walk with you for the rest of your life, if you'll allow us. We want to become your friend. We want to become your advocate. Um, you know, whatever it is that you need, we want to be there to support you. And everything is 100% confidential. Everything is 100% no cost to the women and men that we serve. We do it because we love you. We do it because we have been called by God to, to serve women and men in this way. Abby, I love that because it sounds like what you're offering is what these other big organizations should be offering. And that is real help, real friendship. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. I'm so grateful for, for all those out there who are uh, doing that kind of work. And, and so many of them have been helped and inspired by the movie that is all about your life. We talked earlier that uh, my whole family has been made up of people who are in existence today because of the work of people like you who are talking to these moms and helping them choose life. Our first four kids were adopted. My wife is an adopted child. And if, and if my wife, who was this close to not existing, if she had not been born, either would our two natural born children. And so my whole family is here. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.